Hello listeners. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to a fellow Australian podcaster, Daniel Craig, produces the Creepy Crap Podcast. He takes some of the most obscure horror movies and reviews them. It's great for a barrel of laughs and I highly recommend you all go check it out if you have a pension for bad horror movies and love to have a laugh about them. So go check out the Creepy Crap Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and you won't be disappointed. Daniel has been so kind to lend his voice in this very special intro. We hope you enjoy the episode. something of a predicament and hope you can help. Come with me. You see, we have many rooms down here. For every one that you have already visited, we have a thousand more. Well, I can't actually tell you how many we have if I'm honest. There are many that I haven't even seen. Many stories never before heard by anyone. I was heading down to visit Beatrice You remember her, don't you? From one of the first times we met. Well, anyway, I was walking down and I noticed the door partially ajar. Hello, is anyone there? He was in our video room. It's where we keep a copy of every B-grade horror film ever made. A treasure trove of entertainment. Beatrice loves them all. It turns out, this fellow believes that he knows you. Oh, there you are. Can you please tell this deranged lunatic to untie me and let me go? Gah, come on. I know you told me not to come down here, but look at this room. It's enough material to keep the creepy crap podcast going forever. I could not resist. So you do know him, huh? It isn't wise to tell people about this place. It's a great place for people to... I'll say disappear. Come on, man, I promise I'll never come back. Well, what'll it be, friend? Beatrice was calling out for a snack earlier. Okay, I'll let him go. Just this once. Only because I cherish this friendship. (laughs) Oh, man, thank you. I won't forget this. Um, By the way, I think something's carked it over there in the corner next to the Silent Night Deadly Night films. It's getting a little ripe. (laughs) You may leave now, fiend. All right, God, keep your trousers on, Jimmy. Say, before I leave, I noticed you had a copy of Troll over there. Can I, uh, maybe borrow that? Leave. Shit, all right, all right. (laughs) Make sure you listen to my podcast. It's the Creepy Crap Podcast. It's available on all major podcast platforms. Next time. We'll lock him in and make him watch Tommy Wiseau's The Room for eternity. (laughs) Okay then, 
I have a great story for you this week. Have a seat. I'll put it on. Purple Twilight, written by Ryan Benson. Simon, wrapped in thorns, burst from the bramble forest and dove off the cliff. Creeper vines trailed behind like ribbons as he plummeted towards the ocean. Words for flight spells raced in his brain, but fear overwhelmed his years of witchcraft. Instead of wasting it on incantations, he held his breath and slammed into the black water. Simon's body remained on the surface for seconds before slowly sinking like a doomed creature in a prehistoric tar pit. Unafraid, he floated as if in utero. Oxygen appeared unnecessary in this place. After the troubles in the forest, the temptation to rest called him. But he couldn't yield. Time continued its sprint. He must return to her. Return to Claire. Limbs flailed as Simon struggled to the surface of the viscous liquid until his head burst into the air. His tongue forced the gooey water from his mouth. It fell to the sea in globules, creating slow expanding ripples. Lazy waves bobbed him up and down. What now? The shifting water pushed him over a crest and he spied an empty rowboat. The vessel remained still like a painting and Simon gave chase. Sticky, dark, web-like trails stretched between his body and the sea as he pulled himself onto the boat. The ebony molasses slid off his skin, including his scalp. He had shaved his head bald to emulate his idol and successful occultist, Alistair Crowley. Claire loved it. Black drops fled into the cracks between the wooden boards like children fleeing to their mother. Simon gazed at the purple sky. Neither sunset nor sunrise generated the hue. The atmosphere's molecules seemed to take on the unnatural tint instead of the usual blue. A plum-coloured sun, several shades darker than the rest of the heavens, hung high above him. The forest canopy had hidden the distant sphere now revealed to Simon by the open ocean. Stolen purple light reflected off the sea, reminding him of polished obsidian. A 360 degree turn revealed scenery devoid of anything, save the sun and three black specks circling above. Even the forest and cliff had disappeared. Simon assumed the specks were seabirds, but couldn't be sure. Without land in sight or a compass, rowing in the sun's direction made as much sense as anything else. Memories faded fast in the purple twilight. How had he oriented himself in the forest? Was he running to or from something in the thorns? Moreover, how had he arrived here, in this world? I'm not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Simon stopped rowing. Previous attempts at breaching dimensional barriers failed spectacularly. He felt the obsession to transcend the line between life and death interwoven in the fabric of his being. Claire had stopped him midway through their one attempt to shatter the barrier. She refused to help him a second time. Daddy's dead. No coming back. Claire said through tears. Incomplete pictures of himself dabbling in pills, 
Haitian zombie powders, and asphyxiation filled his head. Maybe his current whereabouts proved he had accomplished interdimensional travel without Claire's magic. If only his peers could see him now. Charlatan? Bah! If he crossed one way, he could pass back to Earth. Or to life. Or to wherever he and Claire called home. A bright light flashed to Simon's left, cutting him from his thoughts. A yellow orb the size of a fortune teller's crystal ball floated ten feet away. As he rode closer, moving images appeared in the ball. Simon's mouth dropped. Claire. Even with his partial memories, he recognised her purple hair. Purple as the sky above. The straightened hair had been cut shoulder length, except for the left side of her head, which she shaved. Claire sat at the kitchen table, flicking through papers, with an official-looking letterhead. Legal documents? Insurance? Who cares? Sorrow had turned her deep brown eyes into red puddles. She lowered her head to the table, and her locks fell over her bare arms. Simon smiled and straightened his body. The orb served as a connection with Earth. He could try to crack and enter it, though this would require a dangerous amount of psychic energy. Perhaps he should search for open gates elsewhere. As Simon weighed the risk, a memory fired into his brain. Claire broke her arm after falling down the ladder in their rental home. Where was her cast? The ER doctors assumed he'd injured his girlfriend, and he had. But not in a jealous rage or alcoholic outburst. She served as a source of Simon's magic energy, a living ley line, the only catch laying Claire's resulting seizure fits whenever he cast a spell. The stronger the magic, the worse the seizure. He remembered the writing question, likely a prosperity spell to pay the rent, occurred in the cramped attic. Circumstances dictated they sit close to the ladder. Most of the floor remained open for the chalk drawings and candles. Claire's convulsions knocked her down the trapdoor. When she hit the lower level, their connection terminated. What a waste. The casting happened just days ago, didn't it? Memories didn't fade. The purple twilight plucked the recollections from his brain and devoured them. The clock ticked away. Deafening screeches broke the silence, and a burning sensation emanated from his shoulder. Three ebony birds the size of horses circled above him. Dark specks no more, Simon thought. They glided on broad wings like vultures, but possessed black flanged beaks dripping gelatinous drool. Most disturbing was their lack of eyes. An adult life spent obsessing over the occult kept Simon from panicking. He recognised the monstrous avians from one of his tomes. Without eyesight, these demons hunted astral travellers by the scent of their souls. As the creatures dove near him and pulled away, he saw his blood on one of their talons. It had sliced him with such surgical precision, he barely registered the strike except for the resulting pain. Simon stood tall in defiance and recited a fire hex. Spells were etched deep into recesses of his brain once reserved for information like his home address and parents' faces. One of the abominations exploded into flames and then dust. The remaining two birds ascended into the sky, reverting to specks once more. Simon smiled and turned to the orb. Claire lay on the floor, 
clutching her head. His smile dissolved. Remember, spells supersede discomfort. Claire was his rechargeable battery. She always recovered. Simon resumed his course to the sun. I'm coming home, baby. Nothing can stop me. Time passed, though Simon struggled to recollect if it consisted of hours or days. The deep claw marks on his shoulder served as evidence of an attack he had since forgotten. Only seascape and sky, as far as the eye could see. The oars sliced through the sludge water with surprising ease, and his arms never tired of rowing. The sun didn't move across the sky, but had swollen fivefold in size and faded from plum to what Claire would call lavender. Two dark specks circled the sun, but Simon couldn't make out their naggingly familiar shapes. Probably birds. Another flash signalled the appearance of a second orb, though it shone only half as bright as the first. Simon detoured to the sphere, desperate for another view of Claire. Claire sipped coffee from a mug and played on her phone. He recognised the kitchen table she sat at, but not the white cabinets behind her. Over Claire's objections, Simon had painted the cabinets black. He remembered the fight. Something else was different. Her hair was brown. Furthermore, locks cascaded over her shoulders and down her back in thick ringlets. Simon tried to remember if she'd been blonde or redheaded, but neither fit the smooth ochre colour of her skin. She looked uncharacteristically happy and content. Claire often joked they shared melancholy as their default emotion. They attracted each other like dark brooding magnets. Screeches in the sky triggered deja vu, allowing Simon time to duck and avoid the razor nails. The bird duo dive-bombed the boat. He'd driven them away before. But how? Simon swung an oar and cracked open one creature's head. It fell lifeless into the black water, resting on the surface. Green ichor oozed from its skull before it sank into the depths. The remaining monster hovered in the air, squawking something in its language that Simon took to mean, Damn you, Simon. We're both alone now, birdie. Simon swung the oar again. Instead of catching the demon on the crown of its head, the creature grabbed the paddle in its beak. The beast set its talons on both port and starboard sides of the small boat, almost straddling Simon. The stench of urine and rotting flesh seeped from the bird, stinging Simon's eyes and throat. Tug of war ensued, and the creature danced around the lip of the boat. Dark water sloshed onto both competitors, and they listed port side under the beast's weight. Simon threw himself back to steady the vessel, but it continued inching towards capsizing. He mumbled angry obscenities and let go of the oar. The creature backflipped twice and one wing hit the water. The greedy ocean swallowed more of the bird as it struggled to fly. Squawks filled the air. Only seconds passed before it submerged into the blackness. Without pause, Simon furiously slapped the remaining oar at the water, but the boat only drifted in a circle. He growled, I need a spell. Simon released the oar, resigning it to the blackness. 
He looked at the image of Claire and thanked the gods. Arcane words flowed from his lips to form a locomotion spell. Golden lights surrounded the vessel. Where to? Simon thought. Towards the sun? It's as good a direction as any. The front of the boat pointed to the sun like a compass needle to true north. Wasting magic on this spell wasn't prudent when he had the oars, but he couldn't float aimlessly forever. Simon admired the purple sky. Claire's hair had been purple. He took one last look at her. Claire's clenched hands had shattered the mug, and she shook in her chair. Blood flowed from her nose and mixed with the white foam of her mouth. Is the blood normal? The boat moved from the orb. I'll hold you soon. Without rowing to keep him engaged, comfort and sleep fought to swallow Simon as readily as the ebony water. The sun swelled to a third of the sky, bloated and grey. It almost touched the horizon. Simon had travelled incalculable amounts of time and distance, but hadn't found home. Though the sun changed in shape and colour, it never rose or set. It offered no phase, tempo or count. Neither did his body. The scalp remained clean-shaven and the fingernails hadn't grown. Both his memory and chance of returning home shrank with every minute spent in the purple twilight. By the time the third orb materialised out of thin air, he'd forgotten the boat ever had oars. The third orb flickered, like a candle at the end of its wax. Simon feared this orb was the last. A marina woman stood in the kitchen. She was beauty. She was love. She was pregnant. Her round belly revealed the final days of pregnancy. Simon attempted to calculate the days, months or years since they last slept together, but arithmetic required numbers not wild estimations. In the orb, a man stepped into view, startling both Simon and the woman. Simon narrowed his eyes. A clip-on ID badge swung from the mystery man's white button-down shirt as he draped his left arm around the woman and kissed her cheek. With his free hand, he pulled a rose from behind his back. Simon laughed at the corny, conformist gesture. The interloper's appearance screamed off his drone. Simon never gifted her flowers, except black roses on Halloween. He waited with glee for the woman to laugh and throw the flower to the floor. Instead, she cradled the petals and drew it delicately to her nose. Choking coughs escaped Simon, and he fought the sensation to vomit. She had betrayed Simon. For the entire length of his memory, he had journeyed to her, despite the temptation to yield. The blackness of the water had shown him the freedom of oblivion, and the impossible cool warmth of the sea air invited him to sleep. Simon battled the contentment of the purple twilight for her, while she moved on. Simon shouted, How could you? He stopped. What was her name? He bit his fist. Who had forgotten who? Nothing else mattered. He had to return to her, now. I will be with you soon, 
No time to look for an open gate. Simon scowled as he prepared one last spell. The power required for teleportation to the kitchen exceeded what he usually drew from what's-her-name. But maybe if he also used the unborn child. Sweat beaded on his forehead as the enchantment left his lips. He'd be home soon. They'd be together. In love. Simon grabbed the orb with his hands on each side as if to crush it. Break glass in case of emergency. The veil between the purple twilight and the earthly plain felt so thin. Then he saw it. The beautiful woman sang, rubbed her belly, and smiled. She smiled a smile unlike any he had ever seen. The pair had tried for kids, but it never stuck. Simon's hands shook. The orb's light poured from between his fingers. His chest heaved and teeth clenched. She never refused Simon's request for magic energy. She always recovered from spells before, but would her baby? Unbearable thoughts bored into Simon's soul. Had the spells prevented any hope for children? Had his aspirations killed their happiness? A demon had possessed him. It snuck through his defences once he opened himself to the occult. A devil named Ambition. Now, after leaving Earth behind, power and fame shriveled to mundane. Only her love retained its worth. He released the orb and fell backward into the boat. The deep, rapid breath slowed, and his tense body relaxed. Purple twilight wrung the last collections from Simon like the final droplets of juice from a crushed citrus fruit. There's only one thing I want. To remember your name. Simon recycled the locomotion spell's magic energy and fashioned a remembrance spell, sparing his living battery. The vessel's bright aura faded and it began to drift. The grey sun crowded out the purple sky. Simon lay motionless in the boat when a memory plucked from time by magic grew in his brain. Claire. I love that name. Anger and anxiety faded along with what lay in Simon's head. She wasn't his battery. She wasn't even his Claire. Not anymore. I'll wait for you to come to me, Claire. Enjoy things until then. He closed his eyes. I'll rest. Simon's body floated apart like sand in the wind, leaving the boat adrift on an endless expanse of black glass. Purple Twilight was written by Ryan Benson. It was first published in the Sirens Call Publishing e-zine number 44. You can find Ryan on Twitter at Ryan W. Benson and Instagram at Ryan Benson Author. If you have any feedback or suggestions for the podcast, please email us at theeditor at nightsendpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Stay horrific, everyone.